welcome to Virtual Coffee Club. So excited to have my friend Tiffany here with us today. And I was trying to think before we were coming on today, Tiffany, how long we've known each other. And it's over a decade, but I don't know for certain how long it's been. It's been a long time because a lot over, because you and I actually reconnected through doing our part. Our bomb business, but before that, we knew each other because of radio. And I've been at a radio for over 14 years, so it's well over. It's almost 20 years. It's got to be 20. Yeah, I didn't want to age us so quickly, but yeah. So we've known each other since we were babies, and now that we're 20, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's it's been a long time, and so I'm just so excited to to have you come join us and chit chat and and talk. And so yeah, like you just said, we've known each other. Uh, from radio. We knew each other from working in an Arbonne business, but we also really know each other from being in the music industry. And I was going through some old photos of one of our, I think it was CCMAs in Edmonton. And we, we were at a lot of events together. We had lots of photos together. It was such a fun year. And you've kind of been in and out of that music industry because it's kind of a I don't know, it's a ride, right? I don't know how else you would maybe describe the music industry, but you've kind of You've fallen in and out of love with it, I feel, even over the years. But it seems like it's really connected back into your life again. How's that going? It's going really well. So um, about it's been about a year and a half I've been down in Nashville. And prior to that happening, my grandma actually got sick. And I moved in with her in my small town of Thornhills, Alberta. So I'm back home in my, my grandma's house. And my, actually, my dad and I own the home now. And it's actually a cute little Airbnb. Um, yeah. But before she had passed, I moved in with her and I took care of her and I did in-home palliative care with her. And it really made me realize that time is very finite. We don't have a lot of, we don't have a lot of time. And I realized it was time to maybe pursue this for real and stop um, keeping it this dream or this idea. My grandma was very musical. She played the accordion. She sang. um, And when she was younger, it was not a thing that girls did. Um, She was really ridiculed for being on stage and for performing and doing the things that she did. And, um, you know, a lot of negative comments as far as a female being on stage. And she was very talented. And um, when I took care of her, I thought, you know what? She doesn't regret all the things that she did and how she traveled and had a band. She had numerous bands. And like, like I don't know, she's like four foot five, I think. She's like, <laughs> And she played a big, massive accordion for years. And like, she packed gear, she did all these things. She booked gigs. She just did never regretted pursuing her passion of music, even though years ago it was it was not something that was popular in many people's eyes. Um, especially in a German family, a girl getting up on stage was not a not a thing, especially in those days in Canada. And um, my dad and his, his brothers are very talented. They all play. They always had a family band. And when I was taking care of her, I was just like, you know what? She didn't regret anything she did. And I really feel like I need to pursue that now. And after she passed, I felt very called to go down there. And you know Bobby Wells. Many people know Bobby Wells. He had actually connected me with Michael Pyle in um, Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And um, Mike and I started writing um, via Zoom, which is not the typical way to write. But with everything that happened with COVID, that's the way people were connecting. And we started writing. And um, he said, you got to just come down here. I thought about it and thought about it and I was like okay so I ended up going through the whole process got a visa and I'm on my second visa extension now um, going back and forth and being down there um, which is awesome and we just started writing and um, it was the perfect time because I don't know if I would have went down 10 years ago 
gosh, even five years ago, I don't know if I'd have been ready to go there. I feel like we need to have life happen. And for me, there's, you know, we've known each other a long time. You've seen me through some pretty high highs and some pretty low lows and kind of some places in between. Um, and because of all that journey and all that pain or all those tests in life, you know, with pain, there's a purpose. And with the test, there's testimony. And my music now that I'm writing that has so much more depth where before I'll be really honest, when I was trying to make a, you know, I made an album, gosh, it had to have been probably 14, 15 years ago. And I look at the songs and I'm like, they're, they're great songs for the writers that wrote them for me. They were not my story. And I was, people need to hear from me some of the things that I've been through and some of the pain that I've been through, but some of the faith that I've built through, through that journey. And I was like, how do I pursue this in my music? And as I went down, God's been doing incredible things <clears throat> and really working through me, I feel like, and my music has lots of depth and purpose and meaning. And um, even just with this last single that we released, you know, I had a miscarriage and I never thought I would talk to anyone about it. Like my family and friends knew that I was pregnant and I'd lost a little one um, in my past marriage, but people, I didn't tell everybody. And um, I had gone to write with an amazing writer. It was actually a write that I did in Nashville and um, with a fellow by the name of Bobby Tomerlin. And if you guys know the song, One More Day by Diamond Rio, like one of the most incredible, like heart-wrenching songs. Like, <laughs> songs what, of with history. Yeah. Oh, it's huge, right? And um, I didn't really know Bobby and it was an arranged write. Um, Cassidy Joe Peterson, who's from kind of west of Edmonton, you know Cassidy, her and her yeah. mom are down there now. and. Their, their well, families, the Woolwick family, I've known them when I worked with CFCW years ago. Um, she actually arranged a write, and I walked in there knowing very little about him, and I didn't want to do too much research. <laughs> we started talking about our journeys, and, you know, he's been married a few times, I've been married a couple times, and <laughs> we kind of talked about some of the things we've been through, and for some reason, I felt very led to share with him the experience I had with my miscarriage. And I told him, you know, what God had kind of shown me, and it sounds crazy, but I literally had a vision where God was like, this child isn't yours, it's mine. And um, he said, always yours. And then we sat in 20 minutes with this song, and it's been such a blessing. So many people have reached out to me or still reaching out to me. If you're watching this, listen to it. If you've had lost a little one or even lost a family member or a friend, like we, we worry so much that our we worry so much that, you know, why do things happen? And it's hard. Like if you lost somebody, absolutely my condolences, but where's the faith piece? And I was like, God was like, Tiffany, this child was never yours. It was mine and our family, our friends, you know, they're not ours. They belong to God. And when that time comes and he calls us home, we just have to have faith in knowing there's a reason and we may not understand it, but hopefully what one day when we get to see that loved one again, then we'll know the reason why. Right. So, so yeah, so it's been, pretty profound and pretty powerful. That's for sure. Well, gaining clarity in our human experience is probably the biggest piece of all. And yeah, it's, it's so hard in those things because we want to, we want to possess the things, especially the things we love the most. We want to hold on to them with, with this great fervor and knowing it, it's like everything in the world is temporary. It's a, it's a big piece to, uh, to bite off. And I feel like in listening to that song and I think if I didn't know you, I would feel so much of 
what you went through that, but knowing you and then listening to that song, like it is, it's like, it's a life-changing kind of song. And I don't say that about a lot of songs. So um, I can imagine it was quite a journey, even the process for writing it, because I think as you write it and then you record it and then you re-record it, right? Like you're almost living that experience over again. How was that whole journey for you? Oh my gosh. So this is such a crazy question that you're thing that you're bringing up is because honestly, I never really processed it. It happened very quickly. You know, basically I feel like God said to me, Tiffany, like you just have to surrender this to me. You have to understand that this child is mine. It's not yours. And then ended up going through a divorce, which was not something I planned, which, you know, was a blessing that the worked the way that it did. And um, honestly, at the end of the day, writing that song, it was the first time I think that I really did get to process it and go through those emotions. And even the second verse of that song, it's from, it's from an interesting perspective is where a grandmother is looking down, a great grandmother that's in heaven is looking down at the child. And um, when I went to sing it after, like when Bobby and I had, had written it, when I went to go sing that second verse, I just lost it. And he's like, it's okay. And I kept crying and singing through it. And, He's like, this is part of the journey, Tiffany. Like, he's like, you know, you're writing great songs yeah. and you know you're doing what you're called to do when that happens. Like these moments, these special things don't happen very often. And when they do, you have to embrace them. And actually I was looking after a little guy, some friends of mine in Nashville and um, even too, just taking care of him a little bit and just spending some time with him in this, in this past season when I was down there, um, was pretty profound just like you know just even holding him and and looking at him the children are so innocent and so sweet and so kind and they're so close to god and i was like this is so profound that this has all happened in this season and you know i'm not looking after him when i go back down at all but it was just i had that had a little bit of time with them and it was just like between the song and looking after him like it was just such a healing experience and being in nashville for me has been very healing um, a lot of people are like, you know, you must be so busy doing this and doing that. I am, but I've also been able to embrace that time to really process a lot of what's gone on in my life in the last 10 years. And um, it's been probably one of the biggest blessings of my life, being able to spend some time there and um, just being able to have some time. When I say me time, it's not like I've not had that here. I'm on my own up here, right? Obviously, like I have my place up here and and it's been, you know, it's been incredible. I'm actually not on my own anymore. I have to say that, but, um, but, uh, but when I was on my own, um, it was, it was, it's just different being in Nashville. It's just a different place, a place of healing and Muscle Shoals also is a very special place. I have heard that about everyone that I know that has gone there has had an experience because of it. So Muscle Shoals is a very special area. Like and it's I magical. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story and, and just because, just because we're having coffee and I was going to yeah. say, I'm, I'm ready to share some news, I guess. So, which is exciting. Um, cause I have been on my own for quite a while and really not been ready to be in a relationship either. And, um, something really crazy happened about a month or two ago. And, um, I'm really excited about it because, um, I reconnected with a friend that I haven't seen for 20 years and we were like best friends when I was living in Edmonton, working for CFCW. And, um, he had reached out to me about two years ago and we just built a friendship back and we are now officially together and dating. He's actually up here for Christmas. I'm meeting my family and I got to meet his family. He's from Southern Saskatchewan. And, um, 
a rancher, has a business. And, um, but either way, regardless, with that being said, um, the reason I'm telling this story is because to share with everybody how, how special the Muscle Shoals area is. And I knew that and I felt that when I was down there and when I was writing, but I was actually driving from Nashville to Muscle Shoals to do one of my latest rights. And Mark Narmore is an incredible songwriter. He's written songs with Tennille Arts. Um, she's Canadian. She's actually from Southern Saskatchewan. He's written songs um, for Shenandoah. You know, the list goes on and on. I could go on and on about yeah. Mark. Amazing. <laughs> and we actually um, went and wrote down in Sheffield. There's tons of studios there. And there's a studio there where Bob Dylan, Bob Seeger, like have recorded, written. So we decided to meet there and write. And on my way down, well, this is what I usually do. Before I go for a song, right? I prep usually an hour. I get up earlier that morning, get all my ideas down. And when you're writing with these writers that are well-known, especially, and I've been very blessed to write with phenomenal writers, like not just new people in Nashville. Like, these are old seasoned veterans, you know, that I'm writing. <laughs> and I usually am really prepared. So I have ideas. I want to make sure I go in with, you know, like sometimes 20 ideas because you never know what's going to happen. But what I love about writing with these OGs, you know, yeah. originals, they that they love to visit and connect and talk about their li life and experiences. And then sometimes you bring these ideas and nothing happens because you're having these conversations and, you know, God just moves through your music and then you start writing, right? Well, on the way down there, I actually had slept in that morning had no ideas. I had ideas, but they were all crappy ones. Driving <laughs> down there, it's a two-hour drive from Nashville to get um, to Alabama, where I was going. And I was driving, and I was like, "I have no ideas," and you know, this is brutal. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's he gonna think I'm a like total rookie. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like, and I'm driving, and there's an area you get into. About I don't even know how to explain. There's a certain area you get into, and it's like this creativity opens up inside of you. Yeah. And what had happened was um, I was talking to my mom and I was telling her about this this guy that I had reconnected with from 20 years. She goes, Tiffany, like you've, you know, you've had a few duds. Like this sounds like <laughs> like you have a point of reference, you know him, you yeah. know who he is, you know his heart, like you should give him a chance. And I was like, nah, I don't know, right? Whatever. Yeah. About it. And about two days before that, him and I had had a conversation and he said, Tiffany, do you remember like 20 years ago, you know, when you were crying over a heartbreak, I was probably crying over one. We were sitting on a step, um, this conversation about how if we weren't married by the time that we were 40, <laughs> we should just get together and get married. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then he's like, don't you remember? And I started thinking, I was like, oh, okay, I do remember this, yeah. right? But yeah. I do remember this, right? So I told mom that story when we were on the phone and she was giggling, of course, and I thought, well, whatever, you know, and I hung up the phone and I just had a few more minutes to drive and I got to this certain area on my way to Sheffield and all of a sudden I kept hearing, if we don't make 40, if we don't make 40, if we don't make 40, yeah. and I was like, oh, whatever, right? Yeah. I literally had to pull over because the lyric, music, the melody, everything started pouring out of me and I started texting myself, <laughs> I'm going to be late, I have a crazy great idea. <laughs> so literally like I get there pull up you know see Mark and sit down and I was like I have this idea like let me type it all up and like let's then I'll sing you the melody that I have and we honestly wrote this song in 20 minutes and so the crazy part is we weren't even dating yet and <laughs> I you know we went into the studio it sounds crazy we went to the studio and Mark played the song on the big grand piano in there and like you got like 
if you guys knew the people that touched that piano in that studio, you would die. Like it's amazing. Yeah. And um, we recorded just, you know, work tape of it. And I'm like, this is, and Mark's like, this is a great song. And again, it was like that. It was just like, it came from above and it just came through me and Mark and we wrote it and um, it's called, if we don't make 40 and I've been singing it kind of all over the place. And, you know, I ended up playing it for Blaine and he was like, this is amazing. And so that is going to be one of our next songs that we're going to be recording and releasing. And yeah, it's just, it's crazy how spiritually there is something there. And if you're willing to be obedient to listen to that, and you're willing to actually take what you're hearing and put it into music, there's something so powerful. And like, how many people do you know that made that kind of deal like 20 yeah. years ago? <laughs> I'm kind of wishing I had made one. <laughs> it's so funny and it's actually really special. Like it's um, it's one of those things where, you know, it's so, so much different than sitting in a room and saying, we got to hammer out these songs. Like I feel like our human experience and the things that we go through and what God allows, you know, us to go through, and what the lessons that we learn and how we grow through those lessons. If I can take what I've been through and I can use that and it can work through the music and, and what we're releasing and what we're recording, and especially now with social media, like we have no lid, you know, in the old days, radio dictated everything that was played. And even with this song, like I'm grateful, like we've gotten some radio play, we've had a lot of features, but what has been so profound and powerful is TikTok, Spotify, you know, iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, like people are getting to hear my music in a way they never could have heard it before because of all these platforms. And, you know, we really did have to rely like only on radio, but like the listener has so much more power. And I'm so grateful for all of the platforms that we have because people have so much access to so much music. Yeah. And we can listen to what we really want to listen to too. Which yeah. Is cool. Not dictated by somebody in an office, but yeah. we won't dive into what we really think of country radio well, today. <laughs> you still have to play the game real nice. I'm I don't. So grateful. Yeah. Honestly, like even um, like, you know, CFW had me in when I was up for my radio tour. Yeah. You know, I stopped at a ton of radio stations across the board and a lot of guys were like, you know, Tiff, this is a touchy subject and we don't know if we can play it. Um, it's a little bit different. It's got like, um, a baritone guitar in it. Yeah. Just different sounding on radio. So, but everybody's, you know, people listening and they love it, which is awesome. All of that makes me want to say so many things, but I'm not going to, but I'm glad that they at least had you in. <laughs> like, I'm so blessed, like, especially CFCW, gosh, like, I was there years yeah. ago. They they just, like, they do love me. I, um, I'm, I'm not sure why sometimes, but they do <laughs> Um, and they support me, like, honestly. Because yeah. you're like little, you're like CFCW's little sister. You just, you just gotta love her forever. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So it's all good. It's awesome. Um, December tends to be a really, especially with like us hitting the, the solstice today. It's the, the day of the longest night, the shortest day, the longest night. It becomes a really reflective time of year. This is really reflective feeling energy. And as we go into you know, the celebration of what Christmas is this weekend. Um, how's the reflection been for you uh, looking back in this last little bit? Oh, that's a heavy question, but a good one. Who's a gooder? Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. We went to my niece and nephew's Christmas concert um, last night. And um, I don't know why I'm going to share this, but the theme of Bethlehem, nothing special ever happens here, right? Yeah. 
And I think sometimes we think, you know, out of the smallest places where we think nothing happens, I think that's where the most profound things happen. And I think a lot of times we feel unqualified as human beings. And when I say this, I'm not just talking about myself, I'm talking to everybody that's watching this. I think we feel unqualified and make a difference or that that we have a purpose or we can, we can do something big that makes a difference in people's lives. And I think we all have to really reflect in the season. And I have sometimes thinking, oh, you know, I'm just from Lower Held, Alberta, or, you know, you know, what happened to me doesn't matter. Uh, my story doesn't matter. People, people don't care. Or what's happening in my life doesn't matter. And I think for all of us, everything that we experience and everything we go through, whether we think from we're from a small town or we come from little or we come from a lot, I think the biggest thing is we have to realize that we all are here on purpose and we all have a, there is a plan. Not that we have a plan, but he has a plan for us. And he had a plan from the beginning of time for us that he sent Jesus, you know, to redeem us as, as human beings. And in this season, I think for me, and I've been living in the South, so, you know, I've been exposed to a lot of incredible people that have faith. And I've really realized that I can't do this without God. I can't do this without Christ. And I think this is a really special season where we get to reflect on what we really believe in and what we value. And for me, like I'm in a place in my life where it's like, I know I can't do this by myself. I know that I have a savior and, you know, he, I've done some things in my life I'm not proud of. Um, I've been through some things I'm also not proud of, but it doesn't matter because that's why he came. And I think sometimes we think, you know, Christmas is just about be Jesus being born, but there isn't the whole story without him being born, but also his death. And when he was born, there was also that aspect of it. And I think it's really profound and powerful that in this season we remember that is not just about him being born, but why he was born so we could be redeemed. And I think um, for me, just being grateful and having that gratefulness that I am saved because I was a baby that was born in this season. And, you know, there's gifts and there's all those kinds of things. And we spend time with family, you know, whether we get along with them or not or whatever. But it's really to remember that the, like, redemption is in this season. It was when it started, that redemption started. And I think it's pretty powerful. And I think we have to realize that everything we go through um, you know, he's forgiven us for the things that we've done and, but he's also forgiven us so we can, we can help other people through what they're struggling with. And, um, I think that's where, where I'm at. How about you? That's a great question. How about you? <laughs> uh, December becomes the most. And I think too, myself this year has been a lot of, it's been a big healing year and it's been a big year of, of stepping into what's next and having the confidence of that. And the like, just like a lot of you said that there's there's purpose to all that we do. And it was such a, yeah, it was such a year of healing that I think that the next year, like just options are endless, right? Is that how you feel going into the new year? I think so. You know what? And especially now I feel like I have so much more clarity in what I need to do because I took the time to heal too. And I think that's a lot of times we don't. And, uh, you know, if anybody's watching and they're struggling right now, you know, maybe you're not in a season of healing. Maybe there's a lot of hard things going on right now, but you need to take the time to grieve and go through those things and heal. And I think because I now have done those things and I've taken the time to process and go through a lot of that, I'm ready now for the next season. I'm ready to step into what God has actually prepared me for.
right? And that is like, there is going to be new music and it is going to be, there's going to be more depth to it. And it's going to put me in places where people are going to be asking me questions about where I'm at and how I'm doing, or not only where I'm at and how I'm doing, but they're going to be sharing with me where they're at and how they're doing. And, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot of the, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm on the other side of the valley now. So I feel like I can serve people where I've not been able to serve them in a way that I should have been able to maybe before, but maybe I wasn't equipped or ready, right? Yeah. And I think that's huge, right? So I'm really excited for this next season and what that's gonna bring because there are a lot of people that are hurting and it's our responsibility as people that have gone through something before to be there for those conversations and for you know the shoulder to cry on or like we weren't meant to do life alone. Like a lot of people no. think, well, I can just go through everything by myself. And I think part of my responsibility like, and even your responsibility, all of our responsibilities is if we've been through pain and turmoil, what are we doing on the other side of that? And I feel like I'm equipped now to be able to do that, do that if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that that's what the healing process allows us to be able to say it. If you stay in the, the place of suffering, you can't, you can't express what the other side looks like because you didn't get there yet. Yeah. And we'll all and we'll all get there. I think that I love that you bring up if anybody's in that space because we know that there is someone watching today is in the dark space and I, like we promise you you're gonna get to the other side of it. Like, yeah, and it's hard when you're in the middle. Like it sounds like really you know like you know we could quote scripture to you like God, <laughs> yeah, we're good. And you're like when you're in the middle, you're like yeah, whatever. Like and I remember yeah. being. And being like, don't spill that off to me because like, you don't know my pain. Right. But you just have to to clamp down and embrace what you're going through right now, because like it does have a reason and you may not see it, but you just got to keep pushing through because on the other side of that is, is he's promised us things. Right. So we just, he's promised us a lot of things. And we just have to remember that we have to go through that process as part of our human experience. Right. Like none of us, you, you know, we're not, we're not ever going to get to the end of this life without experiencing loss or pain. That's just yeah. the- It's just the reality of it. Well, mm-hmm. and I think that's what, you know, today is really um, sort of symbolistic to me and is like the shortest day and the longest night, right? Shows us about light and darkness. And even when there's this longer patch of darkness, there's still light. And it's it's that process of moving through both of them and knowing that there's blessings in both because we don't always feel really blessed about darkness, but there is something that comes from that. And so it just feels really exciting. Yeah. And I'm excited for your new year. I didn't even know it was solstice today. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I'm going to be conscious of people's time because we could probably talk for hours and hours, but we're just going to consider that you will already be coming back in the new year to give us an update on how things are going. And what's happening with music but if people want to we've talked about a lot of your your great songs and and different things if people would like to connect in with your music where's the best place to do that well honestly itunes spotify um there's the best places honestly you can get my music where there's music if like basically yeah. um so go and check things out i do have youtube but you guys follow me on instagram i'm starting to actually get good at social media it's been a process <laughs> But it is like, it's it's been, I try to keep everybody up to date with life and also my music, of course. Um, one thing I do want to mention, I'm going to be home all of January. I decided to do some shows. Oh, yay. I'm going to be in a few different places. So on the 13th, I am doing a song, readers. I'm a special guest. 
at a songwriters event in at Bean Trees in Cold Lake, Alberta. Which the reason we're doing up there is I used to live in the Lakeland area and a gal a friend of mine, she reached out and she always hosts these and she's like, you should come and do one. So we're doing it on the Friday night. And then the Saturday night, the 14th, I am playing at the Agramont Hotel. Now, woo, woo. So we're calling it the hometown honky tonk show. So <laughs> literally, I live in Thorhill. That's where my home is, my home, my hometown. And it is just down the road in this little tiny like honky tonk kind of a bar. Nice. She makes incredible meals, so there's supper, but we don't get on stage. I think doors open about eight, but we don't hit the stage until nine. But we are doing a private show, so it's like 50, 60 tickets. So I think we're almost already halfway sold out. So if you want to get tickets for that, connect with me on social. We'll make sure to get you connected. And then also Global Country. Global Country has been a huge support to me and so many other artists um, throughout the industry. You know, me and Aaron Goodvin, we both are living in Nashville now. He's been a part of Global Country. I have too. And um, there's so many other artists like Brett and Brett Kissel and, you know, the list goes on and on. But I'm doing another Global Country um, Tuesday traditional dance. So I think it is, we're, we finalized the date, but I got I will be posting it. But for sure, three shows, if not four or five in the month yeah. of January before I head down, I'm going to be recording um, with a fellow who I wrote a song with. We have a duet that's going to be recorded and released on Spotify and um, iTunes, which is exciting. Just lots of stuff coming up as I head down into the new year. But January, I will be here. So if you're yeah. an that make sure to come and try to see me at some shows. I would love to see you guys. That would be great. All right. Well, we've got people that watch from all over the place, so you just never know. <laughs>